1: You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in central Virginia.
0: From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Kim Strother. Protesters delivered a petition calling for work to stop on the Mountain Valley Pipeline to Attorney General Jason Miars's office last week. Patrick Larson reports. Do your
2: job! Deborah Kushner, an activist with Third Act Virginia, says Miárez isn't holding pipeline developers accountable to state law or a 2019 consent decree signed by his predecessor, Mark Herring. Sediment is everywhere along the pipeline route. It's in the roadways. It's coursing down the rights-of-way. It's in the streams and the rivers. Kushner and two others staged a brief sit-in at the AG's Richmond office before being removed by law enforcement, all while Miárez passed them by with the anti-abortion rights march for life. Activists and residents along MVP's route have reported environmental damage, including landslides and sediment plumes in streams and wells. The State Department of Environmental Quality says the developers are handling those issues as they arise. Equitran's Midstream last week raised the estimated price tag to $7.5 billion and pushed the project's completion to mid-2024, citing construction delays. Patrick Larson, VPM News.
0: Richmond City Council has appointed its first manager of the Citizen Police Oversight Board. Joseph Lowry worked for more than 20 years as an FBI supervisory special agent and will oversee the eight-person civilian review board, according to a city press release. Council passed an ordinance in 2022 establishing the panel. Its main function is to review citizen complaints and make recommendations to counselors. When it was initially proposed, some residents said the board should have more robust powers. Lowry's first task will be to set up a procedural framework for the panel. On Monday, Richmond City Council passed an ordinance that permits the city to accept several historic African-American cemeteries, including East End, Evergreen, and Forest View. Councilmember Cynthia Newbill took a moment to acknowledge the prolonged effort.
1: All of those have been working over the years to make sure that these cemeteries, these sacred burial grounds uh, are secured, preserved, restored, maintained, and that there is uh, opportunity for education about these places of remembrance.
0: New bill first introduced the measures in early 2023. Richmond Civic Leader Maggie Walker was buried at Evergreen Cemetery, along with other prominent black leaders. The listed phone number for Governor Glenn Youngkin's Office of Constituent Services and Community Engagement led straight into a no-options abyss yesterday. Ian Stewart from VPM News has the details.
2: Virginians calling Governor Glenn Youngkin's office for constituent services on Tuesday got this message. Glenn Youngkin, please listen to the whole message before picking a prompt. If you are calling to leave a message for the governor, press 1. If you would like to speak with the member of the governor's staff, press 2. However, if you hit any of the options, the call ended. Officials say there was a temporary service outage that affected the department's phone system, and the problem is, quote, actively being resolved. Constituent Services handles requests, including proclamations for state or local events, and sends official letters, like celebrating military retirements and other achievements. People can even request an autographed photo of the governor. However, it also meant that no one could reach Yunkin's office by phone. Officials say people can email the office or fill out an online form. Ian Stewart, VPM News.
0: Richmond's Martin Luther King Jr. Middle School is hosting its first Black History Month Edu concert this Thursday. Generation Dream 15 is free and will be held at 1000 Mosby Street from 6 to 8 p.m., according to Richmond Public Schools. The show will feature the Young Kings and Young Queens mentors, Drums No Guns, and speaker Brandon Love. The Caldecott Medal recognizes the most distinguished American picture book for children in a given year. 2024's winner is Big, by author and illustrator Vashti Harrison. Harrison grew up on Virginia's eastern shore and graduated from the University of Virginia. She is the first black woman to win the award. Phil Lyles recently spoke with Harrison about her book.
1: First of all, congratulations on the Caldecott Medal that you received. Thank you so much. And how did it feel when that call came in and and you got that award?
3: I had a lot of feelings. I was really overwhelmed and excited and honored, but certain that I couldn't possibly have won the Caldecott medal. I really hoped for a Caldecott honor. I thought it might be too big a dream to dream for the top prize, but i I received the call on a Sunday night before the Youth Media Awards at the ALA Winter Conference. Um, and I had received a call earlier in the day, around 1.30. I got a call from the Coretta Scott King Committee to let me know that Big had been selected for an illustrator honor and an author honor. So that was incredible i was in the car with my family when i heard and we were all so excited and then i thought well maybe maybe i might receive another call today from another committee and i waited and waited and was absolutely convinced that it wasn't going to happen and then around 9 30 that night so eight hours later i got a call and i was just floored it was incredible I
1: just want to say that I read the book. I went to my library here, and it was just so lovely, and it brought tears to my eyes. For our listeners who haven't read the book, it's a story of a young child. Can you tell us about her first?
3: So the main character in this book doesn't have a name, and I wanted to make a story that felt like it could resonate with lots of different readers. Part of her story is inspired by my childhood, but I didn't want her to be me. She's just a kid growing and figuring out who she is, figuring out what she likes, And as she's growing, her body is changing. And I really wanted to touch on how when we use our words with children, um, big can be a word of affirmation when a child is very young. We say, oh my goodness, you're such a big girl. You're a big girl now. And that's a good thing. But big changes meaning over usually a girl's life. And I wanted to focus on that specifically, particularly telling the story about a black girl. And while it's not exactly directly on the page, something that I was thinking about while writing the story and illustrating was touching on the subject of adultification bias, around the time that I started working on my first book, Little Leaders, Bold Women in Black History. I read a study from the Georgetown Law Center on Poverty and Inequality called Girlhood Interrupted. It was my first introduction to the term adultification bias. That is the perception that some children are more adult, more mature, more responsible, and knowledgeable than their age would suggest. The study found that Adults view black girls as young as the age of five as less innocent and more adult than their white counterparts. And this results in adults believing that black girls need less nurturing, less protection, that they need to be comforted less, and that they know more about adult topics. So I was really thinking about how intensely sad and tragic that is. And I wanted to address it in my work some way um, and create a narrative that encouraged readers to empathize with a child's experience and to really feel for her. I wanted people to say, oh, oh my gosh, oh, like, and want to give her a hug and take care of her and nurture her. Now, I wondered if you might
1: just read a few of the first pages of the book. Sure.
3: Once, there was a girl with a big laugh and a big heart and very big dreams. She learned her ABCs and 123s. She always said please and thank you and even put away all her toys. At dinner, she ate all her food. What a big girl you are, the adults would say. And it was good. She grew and learned and laughed and dreamed and grew and grew and grew. And it was good until it wasn't. I think that's
1: the part that gets me too, you know, I mean, I just, it just touched me, girl. I can't help it. It just touched (laughs) me. Um, Now, I love the color pink. That's throughout the book. How did you go about thinking about the illustrations for the book?
3: Yeah, thank you. Um, So the main character in this book loves dance. So when I work on a book, I typically choose a color to associate with that character. And I try to build a palette from there. Um, So this really light, lovely ballet pink is what we see kind of present throughout the book, but we see glimpses of a much more saturated version of that pink. And for me, I wanted that to represent her potential, the character's potential of who she might become. And we see glimpses of that when she's dancing and feeling fully free. And we see that color disappear entirely in the lowest lows of the book. And we see it return when she's able to finally make space for herself. But there are very few words in this book. There's less than 150 words, so I wanted to use the color and the composition to help tell the story, tell the emotional highs and lows, but also to communicate what she's feeling and invite the reader to feel like we're fully within her perspective. Is there anything new,
1: a fun project in the works?
3: I am currently working on illustrations for a new book. It is a book that I did not write. It's written by Tracy Todd. And then in my personal practice, I feel really excited about, you know, making three-dimensional objects. I really am interested in working on toys and toy design. I really think about making work for young people and meeting kids where they are. So I'm excited to expand beyond 2D illustration and push myself to try new media, um, including film and television and animation. Well, Vashti Harrison, I thank you so much.
0: Thank you. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast.